Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at the Bub Bar Church in Southampton. You may be a little bit disappointed to see me if you've been watching the first two uh, episodes of Philippians in Going Deeper with God, um, because you're thinking, well, why is it Andrew again? And I must say, uh, I'm a, a little bit disappointed too. I'll tell you someone else who's disappointed not to be here, and that is John Risbridger, who is one of our ministers and our team leader at Above Bar Church. But as you well know, I think every leadership team in every church in the country, um, maybe in the world, is under enormous pressure at the moment. There are so many things to, for them to get their heads round. And so John has felt that it's right to take a, a back seat from going deeper with God at the moment, although he's absolutely in favour of it continuing. Um, so he's not going to be doing going deeper with God in the coming weeks. So I'm disappointed that he's not doing it because I like listening to John Risbridger teach the Bible. But I'm actually very excited also to be able to teach through Philippians because it's a wonderful letter. Um, going deeper with God is an opportunity to get to know him better as we study the Bible together. Uh, Philippians, we've called this um, this series Joy and the Gospel because the two things are linked. We've seen it already. The more gospel centred we are as individuals and as churches, the more joy we will experience. It's inevitable. So today we come to our third passage, which is chapter 1, verse 27, to chapter 2, verse 4. And we've called this Living for the Gospel. It'd be great if you could have that passage in front of you for these next few minutes. We're going to begin by singing about the Gospel and thanking God for the Gospel. Uh, you may not want to sing out loud, um, but please be singing this in your heart as you listen and follow along. Let's uh, sing together before the throne of God above. Free. 
great high priest whose name is love and that is Jesus and let's read the passage I'm beginning at chapter 1 verse 27 of the letter to the Philippians whatever happens conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Philippians chapter, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going on into chapter two. Apologies. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you in the interests of others. Well, I've actually managed to read the whole passage now. Chapter 1, verse 27 to chapter 2, verse 4. And we've called this living for the gospel. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is such a wonderful letter. I am incredibly enthusiastic about the letter to the Philippians. So far, uh, it, we've, we've seen Paul's passion. He loves Christians, he loves the gospel, and he loves Jesus. And that's a great example for us. And today, at the beginning of our passage, for the first time in the letter, Paul urges the Philippian Christians to do something. Chapter 1, verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, live for the gospel. 
That's why we've called this passage Living for the Gospel. It's about saying if the gospel's true and you believe it, you've turned from your sins, put your trust in Jesus, well, live like it. And there's two things we need to do if we're going to live a life in accordance with the gospel. Um, the passage divides naturally into two bits. And uh, if you look at your Bible or look at the passage in front of you, you can see very easily what those two bits are. So let's look at these two things and let's be open to the Holy Spirit as we look at God's word together. Firstly, in chapter 1, verse 27 to verse 30, share the Jesus message. I'll read the whole of verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Now, this is about sharing the Jesus message. It's about the gospel. The gospel is there. It's the last word in verse 27. And halfway through verse 27, we read about the gospel of Christ. Gospel means good news, and the good news is about Jesus Christ. It's about the good news that he died so that we could be forgiven. He died to take the punishment for our sins. We've just been singing about it, haven't we? It's the best news possible. And now he is alive, the risen Lord, the Lord of the church. So this is about sharing the Jesus message. And you notice it's not just an individual thing, it's a team thing too. That's in verse 27. Look at the end of verse 27. I, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, all together in the one spirit, striving together. It's a together thing, as one. So it's a team thing. It's not just about me and my small corner sharing the Jesus message, although I think it includes that. It's about us as a church family, us as Christians together, sharing with others the good news about Jesus. But of course, sometimes we find that very hard. Sometimes we find it hard to open our mouths and maybe even admit that we're Christians, that we follow Jesus, or even that we go to church. Sometimes we find it really hard even just to invite somebody to church or to Alpha or something like that. There, is going, there are going to be difficulties, there are, there, are, there are going to be problems, and we shouldn't be surprised. And one of the things that puts us off sometimes is people's reaction, if the, if the reaction is negative. Uh, look on in verse 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Now, though we don't face the kind of persecution, probably, that the Philippian Christians were facing. But we do face opposition. Sometimes people laugh at us or mock us. The thing I find hardest, to be honest, is being patronised. When someone says to me, oh, Andrew, I'm really glad that you found something that helps you. I'm really happy for you, but I'm not interested. Ow, I really hate that. That upsets me. And the danger is that make, means that I shut my mouth and never mention that I follow Jesus. Now, sometimes there are there are all kinds of reasons why we sometimes don't speak out, but sometimes we are embarrassed, sometimes a little bit ashamed. Read on in verse 28. When there is opposition, whatever it looks like, 
This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. In other words, Paul had problems when he wanted to share the Jesus message. So we shouldn't be surprised when we sometimes have problems with it. I think verse 29 is very striking. <laughs> I think it's extraordinary. Paul says, it's not only been granted to you to believe in Jesus, it's also been granted to you to suffer for Jesus. It's like he's saying suffering for Jesus when we share the Jesus message and there's some kind of opposition, suffering for Jesus is a privilege. That's certainly how the apostles saw it. In the book of Acts, at one point, all the apostles were arrested and interrogated and flogged. And after they'd been flogged, they were released. And we read this. This is Acts chapter 5, verse 41. These are amazing words to me. They left rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They were rejoicing that they'd been counted worthy to suffer. They weren't rejoicing in their wounds or the fact they'd been flogged and that they were in pain. No, of course not. That was terrible. But they were rejoicing that they'd been counted worthy to suffer disgrace for Jesus and his good news. Well, I think that's something we should be we should learn from. We should be ready also to suffer when there is opposition. Sometimes, of course, we we don't open our mouths because we're not terribly sure what the good news is. We don't know if we could sum it up briefly. Now, don't worry. Uh, no one's going to say to you tomorrow, look, I'm just going to sit here for 10 minutes. Just talk to me for 10 minutes and tell me what you believe. No one's going to ask you to preach a sermonette to them in a coffee shop tomorrow. But it does help if we have a, an idea in our mind of what the message is we're trying to communicate. Um, I find this very helpful. If you don't find it helpful, that doesn't bother me at all because I will never know. <laughs> Here are four sentences. They're all about Jesus. They help me to remember to summarise the Jesus message that I want to share. Here are the four sentences. The life he lived, the reason he died, the proof he succeeded, the gifts he offers. Let me just go through those quickly. They're, a, they're for me a very helpful summary of what the, what the Jesus message is that I want to share. The life he lived, thinking about Jesus's compassion for suffering people, the way he cared for other people, the miracles he did, the teaching he gave, the life he lived. Secondly, the reason he died. He died so that he could take our punishment. He died so that we could be forgiven. He took the blame instead of us. That's what was happening on the cross. Uh, the life he lived, the reason he died. The third sentence is the reason, the proof, the proof he succeeded. And the proof that he succeeded on the cross is his resurrection. Because God raised him from the dead, that was God saying to everybody, he's done it. He's paid the price. He's earned your forgiveness. The resurrection is the proof he succeeded. And the fourth sentence is the gift he offers. 
He offers us forgiveness. He offers us eternal life. He offers us the gift of the Holy Spirit living in our lives now. Gifts that if you've turned from your sin and put your trust in Jesus, you've already got. These are the gifts he offers. Now, those four sentences may help you too. just remember them and you'll have the gospel in your mind. They're all about Jesus, the life he lived, the reason he died, the proof he succeeded and the gifts he offers. But the key thing is we are to share the Jesus message. I mean, when we've got good news and um, gospel, as I said before, means good news, we want to share it with other people. I, I remember when I fell in love uh, in, in a big time, this was in my mid 20s, and I had just finally plucked up the courage to say to this young woman, I think you're wonderful. And can we go out? And she had astonished me by saying, well, I feel exactly the same way about you. So she wasn't just beautiful. She had good taste, too. <laughs> and then she had to go back to where she was living and I had to go back to where I was living. So we said goodbye. And I was on my way down the street to the tube station. And I had read that when you're in love and you know that somebody loves you and that is good news, uh, that you want to tell people, even complete strangers. And there was a policeman by the entrance to the tube station. I didn't tell him, but I was very tempted. I thought of it. It's true. When you've got good news, do you do want to share it? Well, let's be praying that the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus died and rose again for us so that we could be forgiven. Let's let's pray that that will so fill our minds and our hearts that we do want to share it with others. This is not about preaching sermons to people. It's about saying a word. It's about mentioning God or Jesus in conversation. It's about maybe inviting someone to Alpha. It's just mentioning it. And then it's up to them how they respond. And there will be some people who will say no, no. But there will be some people who are interested, who are intrigued. Is the Holy Spirit nudging you? He's nudging me uh, to be open to sharing the Jesus message. This is what it means to live for the gospel, that we're ready to share the message of Jesus. So there's the first thing. Are you responding? Are you already thinking of somebody now who you know in your in your among your friends or in your family or your neighbours? And you're thinking, I don't think that person uh, is a Christian, I would love them to, to hear something about Jesus. Is there some way that I could just mention the gospel? Um, maybe you could be praying for that person and praying for an opportunity. So there's the first thing in the first half of our passage. Chapter 1, verses 27 to 30, Paul says, share the Jesus message. But there's a second thing. And that's in chapter two, verses one to four. And it's live the Jesus lifestyle. Verse one of chapter two is incredibly encouraging. Verse one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Now, that word if there doesn't mean that those things may not be in our lives. If you're a Christian, if you're a truster in Jesus, I can guarantee you do experience those things. 
what Paul is saying, he's using the word if as an argument. He's saying if those things are true, and of course they are, then do this. Go further. Make my joy complete, he says in verse two, by loving one another. But have a look at those four things. They are things you've all experienced if you're a truster in Jesus. Encouragement from being united with Christ. Aren't you glad that Jesus is holding on to you? Of course you are. If any comfort from his love, doesn't it mean something to you that you know that Jesus loves you? If if any common sharing in the spirit, aren't you aware sometimes when you're with other Christians that there is something special that binds you together? Obviously, we're to love everyone, but there's there's a special connection between Christians because the, the same spirit lives in all of us. The Holy Spirit's there. If any tenderness and compassion, don't you experience that in the Christian family? Not always, and sometimes we mess up. Of course we do, but you do experience tenderness and compassion too. Well, those things are there. Those things in verse 1 we're already experiencing. Well then, says Paul, make my joy complete. Let's read the whole of verse 2. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. This is talking about the church being united. This is talking about us loving one another. And as I've said before, we should love everyone. But there is a special love between Christians and we need to express that. Not just say that Christians should love one another. Not just say that we love other Christians but to express that, to put that into practice. This is living the Jesus lifestyle. If you look at verse 3 and verse 4, you'll see they're similar. Both of them start by saying, don't do this, and end by saying, do this. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It's so easy. It's so easy to be doing things so that people so that we draw attention to ourselves, so it all becomes about us. I can do things that it's really, in the end, they're just designed to increase the membership of the Andrew Page fan club. It doesn't have a very big membership anyway. That's not the way I should be living. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But, end of verse 3, in humility, value others above yourselves. Uh, this is humility is really important. Humility doesn't mean I'm of no value. Humility means I'm going to see myself as God sees me. I am very small but I am very loved. Humility means being ready to, at every opportunity to serve others in the Christian family, to build others up in the Christian family putting others' interests above myself. And look at verse 4, not looking to your own interests. Now, that's really interesting. I mean, what it's saying is we should be looking at others' interests first. It's interesting. What are our conversations like? When you're meeting up one-to-one -one with a friend, do you ask them how they are? Are you interested in finding out what they're, what, what's happening in their lives, the good and the bad? Are you interested in knowing what you can pray for them? 
Do you want to hear their news or is it all about you? Is it all me, me, me? I live on my own and some of you do too. And I tell you that I think the danger is because I don't have somebody who I'm sharing with during the day all the time. What's happening to me, how I'm feeling and that sort of thing. Sometimes I'm a bit lonely. And the danger is sometimes when I meet up with somebody else, whether that's on the phone or Zoom or one to one outside somewhere, the danger is I just want to talk about me, what's been happening with me. Now, that's fine to want to talk about what's happening with me. Friendship includes that. But, oh, wow, I need to watch out. I need to make sure that I'm listening to the other person. I need to make sure that I'm asking the other person about how they are doing. And so verse four, each of you look to the interests of the others. This is talking about love. It's talking about practical love. It's talking about how we can practically love one another. This is living the Jesus lifestyle. And it is the Jesus lifestyle because look at verse five. Paul writes in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We're going to look at that verse and the next passage next time. So we are to be living the Jesus lifestyle. Is there something you can do? Contact somebody. Suggest you meet up. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them how you can pray for them. It's just looking out for other people. And the interesting thing is when we behave like that to one another, other people who are not yet believers in Jesus, they will notice that. They will notice that we care for one another. They will notice that we're living the Jesus lifestyle. They probably won't call it that, but they will think there is something about these people, the way we respond to one another. Uh, you remember what Jesus said. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's uh, John chapter 13, verse 35. It makes a difference. And sometimes when people see the gospel in the way in which Christians are relating to one another at church or at home or on a walk together, that makes them more open to hear the gospel and to, to know more about this Jesus whom we follow and who we love. So is, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Here is Paul saying to the Philippians, or much more important, here is the Holy Spirit saying to us, Share the Jesus message. Live the Jesus lifestyle. We need to do both those things. Share the Jesus message. Will you say to God, please give me opportunities to share the message, not in a 10 minute splurge, <laughs> but just in a sentence. Will you give me opportunities to share the Jesus message? And will you ask God, to give you opportunities to live the Jesus lifestyle. Um, if you're coming back to church on Sundays, and it's been so encouraging, the recent Sunday mornings where I've been back at Above Bar, it's just great to see Christians relating to one another. There is tenderness and compassion, verse 1. It is great to be together. And that is powerful. So let's be doing these two things. And as we share the Jesus message... And as we live the Jesus lifestyle, we will experience joy because we will be living 
for the gospel. And joy and the gospel always belong together. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you for the good news of Jesus, that he died and rose again. Thank you that he is our great high priest and he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. We worship you. And Father, we thank you that you've, you're calling us to, to, to live this gospel out in practice. Help us, please, to share the Jesus message. Help us, please, to live the Jesus lifestyle. And we pray that other people will notice, that other people will listen and come to know Jesus for themselves. We pray all these things in the great and strong name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing together. Um, again, if you don't want to sing out loud, that's fine. But please, let's be singing in our hearts. It's interesting. This is a song about the gospel, living for the gospel. And the chorus, surprise, surprise, is about rejoicing. Hear the call of the kingdom. in his unfailing grace King of heaven we will answer the call we will follow bringing hope to the world filled with passion filled with power to proclaim salvation in Jesus name children of light with the mercy of heaven the humility of Christ walking justly before him loving all that is right that the life of Christ may shine through us King of heaven we will answer the call we will follow bring hope to the world In Jesus' name Hear the call of the kingdom To reach out to the lost With the Father's compassion In the wonder of the cross Bringing peace and forgiveness And a hope yet to come Let the nations put their trust in
Rejoice. Rejoice in Jesus. Let's share the Jesus message and let's live the Jesus lifestyle. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.